go with us in the name of Jesus. The light of your word will shine on us in the name of Jesus. And you will illuminate these texts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah. So thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. Um, so we are on the 20th chapter, chapter 20 of the book of Acts. Uh, so let's quickly go into it. <coughs> Excuse me. After the opera had ended, Paul sent for the disciples. And when he had encouraged them, he told them goodbye and set off to go. Now, what opera? You remember that in the, in the 19th chapter, uh, when uh, business has stopped for uh, the guys in that city, uh, because of Paul's sermons, you don't need any craving way to communicate to God. So they took him to the council from I mean to their state council or their courts or whatever and so they couldn't find anything against him there was an opera here and there so Paul had to encourage the believers and um, left so after he had gone through the districts and had encouraged the all and I encouraged the believers he came to Greece and he stayed there for three months now watch this when there was a plot when the plot was formed against him by the Jews as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return to Macedonia. Now, <coughs> this was Paul, who had the Holy Spirit. He had, if, if there was a fact that some people are going to attack him, he had information, he had um, upfront information that there's going to be attack on this, on this way. Common sense, he turned back and went the other way around. So there are times that, Common sense. I mean, we have to be responsible. Let me use that word. Uh, one of my one of one, one of the children around me asked some sometimes ago that when we pray that God should protect us, why do we still lock our doors? Locking our doors is responsibility. Yes, we trust that God will protect us. We trust that the angels of the Lord will be our protector. But that doesn't still mean we'll be irresponsible. And I I see questions like this a lot uh, from young Christians. Uh, who just think that, oh, if God says that uh, is, is with me, nothing will happen. We still really need to be responsible. And this is just responsibility on the side of Paul. Heard that there was danger ahead and he went the other way around. He was accompanied by Sopata uh, of Beria, the son of Pyrrhus, uh, by, by da 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 da. Uh, so, verse 5. These men went ahead and were waiting for him, were waiting for us, including Luke. At Troas. So, uh, like we said at the beginning, Luke was the author, and Luke was with Paul in his missionary journeys, and that's why uh, a significant amount of the things in the book of Acts were about Paul and what Paul was uh, writing, and what Paul was doing. Uh, pardon, I beg your pardon. <coughs> so, we sailed from Philippi after the days of that's Passover, and within five days we reached Troas, and we stayed there for seven days, and now on the first day of the week, we were gathered together to break bread. That's a share communion. Uh, Paul began talking with them, intending to leave the next day. And he kept on with his message until midnight. I want to read NLT of this part, of this particular uh, verse. Um, after the Passover, okay, uh, that's verse 6. Uh, on the first day of the week, we gathered the believers um, to share the Lord's Supper. Paul preaching to them and says he was leaving the next day. He kept talking until midnight. Now, Paul just wanted to drop everything, like 
you guys just hear the word till you peck. So because he was leaving the next day. So his, his sermon was long. And one of my fathers, one of our, my spiritual fathers, uh, used this as a justification for long sermons. That Paul's sermon was so long. Well, let's watch what happened here. As Paul spoke, okay, no, 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 okay. Until he spoke until midnight, verse 8. The upstairs room where we all met had was lighted with many flickering lamps. Let me see what the Amplified said in that verse 8. Now there were many lamps in the upper room where we assembled. There was a young man named Eutychus. The meaning of Eutychus is actually Lucky. The meaning of his name is Lucky. Uh, Eutychus was sitting on the window sill. He was sinking into deep sleep. <coughs> Let me read verse 9 in, in NLT. As Paul spoke, spoke, a young man named Eutychus sitting on the windowsill became very drowsy. Finally, he fell sound asleep and dropped three stories to his death. Now, this guy was sitting on three-story building. And, okay, I said he was sinking in, in deep sleep and Paul kept on talking longer and longer. So he was completely overwhelmed with sleep and fell down from the third story and was picked up dead. So in the middle of administration, someone fell down and died. Three story beating. But Paul went down and threw himself on him, embraced him, and said to those standing around him, Don't be troubled because he's alive. When Paul had gone back upstairs, and broken bread and eating. He talked informally and confidentially with them for a long time until daybreak, in fact, and then he left. They took the boy, Eutychus, home alive and were greatly comforted and encouraged. I mean, <coughs> if it were to be me, jokes apart, we will start, this is, you know, our ministry has reached permanent sites. In the middle of a sermon, it wasn't a healing service, it wasn't anything. In the middle of a sermon, someone fell and died. And Paul raised the person from the dead and continued his sermon. So, raising the dead was nothing to the apostles, to the first church. Raising the dead was just like any other thing. And, and service continued. Okay. Um, they said no audio on Facebook. Uh, please bear with me. Let me just quickly see what's responsible for that. Okay. What's responsible for that? Okay. Uh, Instagram, please bear with us. Uh, let's see how we can. Okay. Let's. Okay, let's see how we can help with that. Okay, let's see. I hope it's coming in now. Okay. 
Okay, I think it should be up. It should be okay now. Uh, Facebook, please confirm if you can hear me now. Apologies for that mix-up. Uh, please confirm if you can hear on Facebook now. Okay. Please confirm. Let me just ask them. Okay, so let's go ahead. I think they can hear me now. Okay. Praise God. Apologies for that, uh, Rick. So let's go ahead. So in the middle of the service, someone was raised from the dead and service was, it was like a normal service. Sorry, let me just confirm. Uh, you can hear me now. Praise God. Okay. Uh, if you can't hear me, you can come on Instagram. If someone can just help me tell them on Facebook. If they can't hear me, let them come on Instagram. Uh, while we sort that out. Okay. Praise the Lord. So, I mean, if it was me, this is where service will end. This ministry has reached the permanent site. So, signs and wonders were so normal, were so common um, in the first church that. <laughs> it makes me, it thrills me somehow that, Lord, please return the signs and wonders uh, uh, to us these days. God should please, please, please return it. I mean, raising the dead. This is not just healing headache or something. Raising the dead. And someone continued. And he went back to take Holy Communion as if nothing had happened. And of course, that encouraged the whole church. Verse 13. Uh, but we went on. So this is Luke reporting their journey. We went on ahead to the ship and set sail for Assos, intending to take Paul on board there. Well, that was what he had arranged, intending himself to go a shorter route by land. So when he met us at Assos, took him on board and sailed to Mytilene. Sailing from there, we arrived next day opposite Jesus. Um, Chios, and the following day we crossed over to Simos. Next day we went around to so uh, Paul had decided to sail to Ephesus. Okay, okay, let's read this. So he would not end up spending time unnecessarily in the province of Asia, uh, for he was in hurry to be in Jerusalem if possible on the day of Pentecost. <coughs> we see the reason why Paul actually wanted to go to Jerusalem and was warned and warned and warned. Paul just wanted to get to Jerusalem, but let's go ahead. However, when he got to Miletus, he sent a word to Ephesus and summoned the elders of the church to meet him there. And when they had arrived there, he said to them, You know well how I you know well how I lived when I was with you. On the first day I set foot in Asia until now, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and trials which came on me because of the plot of the Jews against me. And we've said over and over why the Jews were against uh, Paul. Uh, but I need to tell you, uh, to reconfirm to you that uh, in as much as you are doing something well, in as much as you are doing something good, uh, people will be against you. In fact, don't be surprised if it's the church that's going to be against you. I mean, the Jews 
these were not Gentiles, these were not unbelievers. It's actually the Jews that were plotting um, against uh, Paul. You know how I, I did not shrink back in fear from telling you anything that was your benefit from teaching you in public meetings and from house to house. Solemnly and wholeheartedly testifying to both the Jews and the Greeks, urging them to turn in repentance unto God and to have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. And now, compelled by the Spirit and obligated by my convictions, I'm going to Jerusalem. Now, compelled by the Spirit, obligated by convictions. That is key here. Compelled by the Spirit. Because even me, several times I've wondered, Paul, they said you're going to die if you go to Ewikiva. A prophet came and demonstrated how Paul was going to be bound when if he goes to Jerusalem and he still went to Jerusalem. And like, <coughs> is this not um, against how Paul had been living his life before? <coughs> Excuse me, please. I'm just done with a bit of cold. Paul, who sensing danger, goes the other way around. NLT says, and now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me. So, sensing danger in some other places, he went, he went back. But here, he's saying, compelled by the Spirit, obligated by my convictions, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me. This is more or less like a farewell. Like you guys will not see me again. I may actually end up dying as I'm going on this journey. When you look at the balance, so even because he was compelled by the Spirit, no matter the danger, he was ready to face it. But this was a man that heard a couple of verses ago that they were plotting to, to, to kill him in a particular province and he turned away. <coughs> What's the difference here? Compilation by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit says, go here, no matter the danger, we go. Praise the Lord. Verse 23, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly and emphatically advanced to me in city after city that imprisonment and suffering awaits me. So, the Holy Spirit kept saying it as you are going, this is a dangerous journey you are going on. And I mean, you should give it to Paul, man. I mean, ah, how many people can really do this these days? But I do not consider my life something of value or dear to me, so that I may with joy finish my course and ministry, which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ. To testify faithfully of the good news of God's precious undeserved grace, which make us free of the guilt of sin and grant us eternal life. And now, listen carefully. I know that none of you among who I went about preaching the kingdom will see me again. I mean, what kind of <laughs> what kind of a valedictory speech is this? This is all the Guys, the time we spent together and this time what I'm talking to you is the last time. And for that reason, I testify to you that I testify to you on this passing day that I am innocent of the blood of all people. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose and plan of God. <coughs> Take care and be guard and be on guard for yourself and for the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you to oversee to shepherd, tend, feed, and guide the church of God, which he bound, which he bought with his own blood. Now let's look at this. 
Number one, Paul was confident enough to say, I am not guilty of anybody's blood. You must have done your assignment before you can say this. Listening to me today, can you emphatically say, oh, I have done my assignment in this part. You guys here, I have done what the Lord has sent me to do. I am not guilty of anybody's blood. And let's look at it. He said, talking to the, to the leaders, to the elders of the church, you are to shepherd and oversee the church. You are to tend them, feed them, and guide them. Tend, feed, guide. Now, how do you tend? Tending is like pampering. Pamper them, like uh, tender them, pamper them, feed them, guide them. It's not pampering. Some needs scolding, like a, a shepherd. A shepherd tends a sheep uh, to maturity, nurtures them. But if a sheep or whatever is going off course, he has a rod or a staff that used to take him. Bring him back on board. So look at the, the three assignments of a shepherd to tend, to feed, and to guide. And we need we need to know as as, as ministers of God and, 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 and pastors that the church is actually expensive. The church was bought by the blood of Jesus. So it's actually expensive. Praise the Lord. So we don't joke with the church. You don't just because um like we <clears throat> like we say in, in, in theology, in seminaries, that you don't use the immunity of the pulpit to um, to insult the church or to abuse the church or to settle scores because you, are on the, you, are, you have the, the privilege of holding the mic. We need to understand that the church is, is precious. Praise God. I know that after I am gone, uh, false teachers like ferocious wolves, they come in among you not sparing the flock. Hmm. This is very, let's just go ahead. Even from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perversive and distorted things to draw away the disciples after themselves as their followers. So, <coughs> Paul was actually talking about people that will split the church here. So, pastors leaving the church, splitting the church, have been in existence from time immemorial. I mean, even here in the early church, people are, are taking the church, I mean, for themselves and, 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 and running away with members. And look at, and Paul called them wolves. If you're like that, please repent. Uh, if you've done it, please go back and restitute. Uh, go and meet your, that man, that pastor, you took his members. Trust me, uh, please go and restitute. Go and restitute. Uh, let's quickly finish, uh, round up. Uh, time is almost uh, gone. Please, if you have questions, type on Facebook or on Instagram uh, as we wrap up. Verse 31. Therefore, be continually alert, remembering that the, that for three years, night or day, I did not stop admonishing you and advising each of you with tears. And I commend you today to God, placing your wise, protective and loving care, and I commend you to his word of grace. His grace is able to build you and give you rightful inheritance among those who are sanctified. <coughs> I have no desire for anyone's silver or gold or clothes, or you know personally these hands ministered unto my own needs. Um, I mean, number one, let's understand that there's nothing bad 
in clothing your pastor. There's nothing bad in ministering to your pastor's needs. There's no, absolutely nothing bad. But Paul was able to say that, mm -mm -mm -mm. I'm not saying this to get favors from you. And as, as ministers, we need to really be able to learn to balance this. There are people that have ministered unto Paul's needs. There are people that have sent him gifts, material gifts. But I'm not after that. I'm not coming to you because of that. And Paul has never rejected it. Paul has never said it is bad. But Paul is telling you that, yes, Paul was a bivocational uh, uh, pastor. Uh, a number of people have said, okay, um, he wasn't working under anybody. He had his own business, so it was easy for him. Yeah, this or that, because a number of people will tell you that if you're working in some organizations as a pastor and you have to do some things, some deals that is against the convention here and there and things like that. Yeah. You can have that argument, uh, that discussion. But there are a lot of other people in the Bible who were full-time pastors and the church met their needs. That still didn't make them not to speak the truth. So we really need to understand and balance that. So what, the, what Paul was saying here is that you should understand that I'm not after you. I, I mean, someone had been here for three years and was able to even leave the church for people. And he was telling them that some people may come and even take these members away. So is is Paul was trying to um, um, lay an emphasis on something, uh, emphasis on something that I'm not here for your money. I'm not here after your money. <coughs> that he said, I love I love this verse. Verse thirty four. Let me just read it in Amplified. You know personally that these hands ministered to my own needs, working in manual labor, and to those people who were with me in everything you showed. In, in everything I showed you by example, that by working hard in this way, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, there was a need in this place. People wanted to relax, sit down and just enjoy. Paul, so Paul's working manual labor here was even a teaching. He said, I, I showed you by example that by working hard, you must help the weak. So he's working in this, in, in, uh, when he, three years he was here in Ephesus, was a teaching. It was, so that doesn't fit, that doesn't make uh, bivocational pastors more superior than full-time pastors or full-time pastors more superior than bivocational pastors. It's just, it depends on you uh, as, as a person, it depends on the ministry, Ministry will get so big that you don't you won't have time to do other things because ministry is, is, is work. Ministry is work. So while he was there with them as a missionary in those three years, he was doing petty things. Lots of missionaries um, in, in Nigeria and all over the world today, they, are, they will farm a little bit, they will do just a little bit things to help the needy, feed themselves, a number of things. That, so <coughs> that was a typical example of Paul spending three years with them um, as a missionary. And of course, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I hope someone uh, will give to somebody today, no matter how little you have or how much they have. Okay, and when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all, and they began to weep openly and threw his, their arms around Paul's necks and repeatedly kissed him, grieving distressly, especially over the word which he had spoken that he would not see that they will not see him again and they accompany the, the sheep. Um, so I hope there are people uh, still around who can actually die 
for their purpose. I mean, Paul was someone like that. Uh, Paul was, was a diehard believer. Paul was someone who could die for his purpose. And I, I trust God that there are still believers um, who can do that. Uh, well, in the absence of any other questions, let's just say, are there questions? I don't think so. In the absence of questions, let's just say a word of prayer as we close. Thank you for uh, tuning in today. I'll see you next week. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for being our God. We ask, Lord, that the grace to identify our purpose, the grace to listen to your word, to your to your convicting, the grace to listen to your guidance about our, our, our lives and ministry and purpose. Give it unto us in the name of Jesus. Lord, teach us to be good examples, to lay good examples, uh, even unto all believers in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let, let miracles begin to happen through us in our churches, in our lives, in our land, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a lovely night rest. I'll see you next week.